You look at the world today, and uh, it's interesting. Um, there's a lot of things that have changed since 2,500 years ago, obviously. I mean, we definitely don't dress the same way that they did back in those days. We um, also have uh, different means of technology. Anything that we want, we have access to. We can look it up on the television. We can uh, look it up on the Internet. If we want to send messages, if we want to communicate, we can call on a phone. We can text message. We can do all kinds of stuff like that. We've conquered a lot of barriers, whether it be the technological barriers or it be simply language barriers. If you want to talk to somebody, even if they speak a different language, all you need is an interpreter or you need some kind of uh, dictionary. They've got something that helps out with those kind of barriers. But one barrier that seems to stick around, even after 2,500 years, is this, uh, this uh, barrier of a rebellious heart. In my life, personally, most of the hurt that I have faced, that I have had to deal with, it's a result of someone's rebellion, be it mine or someone else's. And rebellion hurts. It's, it's not necessarily something that can hurt us at first. But one thing that it does hurt, the one person that it does hurt the most, especially when we knowingly do it and we're actively involved in it consistently, is it hurts God. And the reason, the, the purpose of this message is it's something that God wants. He's not telling people in this, uh, in this book, telling the people of Israel this, because he wants to hurt them, because he wants to pass judgment on them. He wants, he wants them to turn back to him. So if we can go ahead and begin reading, we'll just read to verse 8. We'll start from verse 1. It says this, And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered into me, when he spake unto me, and, he, and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that spake unto me. And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me, even unto this very day. For they are impudent children and stiff-hearted. I do send thee unto them, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God. And they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, ye shall know that there hath been a prophet among them. And thou, and thou, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words. Though briars and thorns be with thee, and thou dost dwell among scorpions, be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks. Though they be a rebellious house, and thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. But thou... Son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be not rebellious like that rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat what I give thee. Let's open in a word of prayer and then we'll continue. Father, we just praise you and thank you for the great God that you are. What you do in our lives, what we don't, you, you give us so much, so much that we don't deserve. We thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. We can already see your, we, even though we're rebellious people, Lord, at times we have rebellious hearts by nature. You've extended your grace to us to save us from that, Lord. And I pray that as we're just focusing on this text tonight, God, we just be encouraged by what you've done for us and be motivated to share that with others as well, Lord. As we consider this, God, I pray that our hearts would be open once again. and Help me as I speak. I'm not always what I should be, and Lord, I just pray that you just help me to speak as best as I can. And I ask you these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Talking about rebellion, this is what the nation of Israel was involved in. If you look at history, and I did uh, do a little bit of background info, but a little bit more history 
the United Nation, and it's interesting to say that, but the United Nation of Israel was, it was, it was united by three, in, during the reign of three kings. It was uh, Saul, David, and Solomon. And after those three years, the kingdom divided. You had the northern tribe, which was the tribe of Israel, and then you had the southern tribe, which was the tribe of Judah. Eventually, what happened was there was this group of uh, Assyrians that came in, overtook the land of Israel, and then the Babylonians ended up coming not too long after and overtaking Assyria's empire, but also overtaking the southern kingdom of Judah. And as I said, this was at this point in time, this was a period of rebellion. And Ezekiel is called here to speak against that rebellion. We, as believers in Jesus Christ, are called to speak against rebellion. And I believe that one of the things that's mentioned in the text is the first thing that we can do to speak against that rebellion is to speak God's word. And I'm not necessarily talking about preaching because we have ladies here and we don't believe in uh, ladies preaching, but we believe in spreading the gospel, spreading the word. And everybody has that responsibility. Let's have a look at verses 3 through 5 and also verse 7. And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me even unto this very day. For they are impudent. When it says impudent, it's talking about disrespectful. And they are stiff-hearted. They are stubborn. They have no desire to change. I do send thee unto them, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God. Verse 5, And they, whether they will hear, whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall that there hath, yet shall, ye shall know that there hath been a prophet among them. Verse 7, And thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they hear, or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. God challenges Ezekiel to speak his word, to go out to the nation of Israel and tell them, Hey, you are a rebellious house. You are wicked. You are defying God. You are doing what you are not supposed to do. And God is displeased. And he's telling him this because, first and foremost, when we are committing acts of rebellion, when we are sinning, if we're not told, how are we going to know any better? I, I'm not saying that to necessarily promote the sinful nature of what they were doing. What I'm saying is, it gives somebody an excuse. And we all hate excuses at some point. And this is what Israel was doing. This is what the tribe of Judah was doing. Um, the, the nation of uh, Judah was doing. They were making excuses for their sin. So Ezekiel is going out there and he's going to say, Hey, I'm telling you this so that you know it. And you can't say anything against it. You can no longer continue in this act of rebellion. I work for custodial at Maranatha. I'm a crew leader. I uh, generally take the responsibility of distributing tasks to people on my crew. Be it cleaning toilets, that's not a fun job. That's what I've done for the last three years. It's not something I would necessarily want anyone to do, but someone's got to do it. Other people will vacuum. Other people will dust. You know, they'll do all sorts of tasks. My responsibility ultimately is to inspect what my boss expects. And what he expects is for this building to get clean. Now, if I know what they're supposed to do, but I don't tell them what they're supposed to do, I get in trouble. And that's not good. It's not good also if I tell them, I tell them their tasks that they need to do, and they don't do it. 
but the responsibility is not on me. And Ezekiel has a responsibility. He is to be a watchman for God. If you can just turn over to the next chapter, chapter 3, I'm going to give you an example of what a watchman was considered in the, old time, in the, in the time of the prophets. We'll look at uh, chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. And it says, And it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Yet, if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. When you, trans when you transfer this over to the New Testament, when you think about how it applies to us today, what we see here is Ezekiel has a message. I've mentioned that already. We have a message. It's a great message. It's a wonderful message. You know what the message is? It's the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us hopefully has received Christ as our Savior. The gospel, essentially, it's the, the most important person who ever lived throughout the, uh, throughout the ages, you know, plans to lay his life down by dying on a cross, shedding his blood, and the blood washes away our sins, and then he rises again, conquering death so that we may be able to live. And what we see here is that he has a message to give them, to deliver them. And if they don't hear it, it's our responsibility as Christians if we don't deliver the gospel to the people in this day and age. It's our responsibility. God gave it to us, and he expects us to do it. And so that should be a good motivational factor in speaking God's word, not only because they need to be without excuse, but because it's our responsibility. So the first thing that we saw as we examined the text is that God wants us to stand against rebellion, so we need to speak his word. The second thing that we can take note of in the text is that standing against rebellion, we also, we also need to be encouraged. Let's look at verse 6 real quick of chapter 2. And thou, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns be with thee, and thou dost dwell among scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, though, excuse me, <clears throat> though they be a rebellious house. We're looking at what Ezekiel's going to be facing in his ministry. He's going to have so much resistance. We look at the details of the text. It says, Briars and thorns be with thee, and thou dost dwell among the scorpions. I don't know about you. I hate arachnids. I hate insects. I remember one time I was in Texas, and I was in this mission house, and I was laying on this bunk bed, and I felt this little creepy thing crawling up my chest. It was a giant cockroach. I did not want to be friendly with him. I wanted to smash him, and he caused me resistance, and so he was eliminated, thankfully. <laughs> but what Ezekiel's dealing with right now is he's dealing with resistance against the house of, uh, against the house of Israel, and it's, it's bad resistance. There's nothing pleasant about walking, through a thorn walking into a thorn bush or a thorn patch. It hurts, and that's what they are to him. They're causing him resistance, and it's not going to be easy, and because it's not going to be easy... He can be prone to feel discouraged. He can be prone to feel not, not as he should. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be difficult for him. 
but he needs to be encouraged. You know, for us, when we go out in our day-to-day lives, even if it's just, you know, day-to-day living, the world's wicked as it is, as it stands. There's so many things out there that hinders us from being encouraged in the Lord. And as we face that, it's going to cause us to sink lower if we're not being encouraged. We're not being encouraged in God's Word. Let me make sure that we get that. Our, our encouragement, if we're getting anywhere else other than the Word of God, it's going to end up empty and we're going to be discouraged. And that's essential. And why should we be encouraged when we're going out and giving the gospel? Well, I think because it's so important we look at what's going on. God is the one that's sending this message. The almighty, powerful God is the one sending this message. He's got the power of God backing him up to give this message. And so do we, if we're speaking his word, if we're living for him as we should. Let's think about this from the New Testament. Didn't our Lord face some discouraging times? I'd say so. Think about what he did ultimately. He went to the cross. And that's, that's, that's as low as a person can go, giving up their life. But we look at the motivational factor. He wasn't doing it for himself. He's doing it for, for us. We think about another key point in his ministry where he was going from town to town, witnessing and ministering and sharing his good news of what's to come. And when he gets to his own hometown, the people reject him. He says, and it was his own words, he said, prophet has honor everywhere else except his own town. His hometown rejected him. Look at the Apostle Paul. You know, I, I just don't think I could have, I, I think about my life and I think about what I struggle with right now. And you look at what the Apostle Paul went through. Going from city to city to preach, to preach the gospel, to preach the good news. He was giving stuff he was giving news that was going to save these people's lives, save these, pe- save these people's souls. And you know what they did? They kicked him out of town. The next thing that they would do is they would beat him. At one point, they stoned him and left him for dead. Yet, he persisted. Why? Because he had the power of God working inside of him, the power of God encouraging him. And it's like what, what Brian was saying. It's like, we need to be close to God. And being close to God is what, where our encouragement comes, where our power comes from. And I think that's essential, and we need to keep that in mind. And to make it applicable to our lives, let's consider what we do for our service for the Lord. We can go door-to-door and witness. We can tell people about the Lord Jesus when we're at work, when we're at school. We can encourage one another in God. We may not get the best responses, and that's where the discouraging part comes in, where it plays, plays the role. But we need to be encouraged because of who it's for and why we're doing it. So we've looked at the text. So far, we've noticed that to stand against rebellion, we need to speak God's word. Second, we need to also be encouraged, despite the resistance we'll face. And then third, we need to be obedient. Look at verse 8. But thou son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be not thou rebellious like that rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat that I give thee. You consider what Ezekiel's doing right now. He's got a big challenge on his hands. And he's been set to a pretty high standard. This is the word of God we're talking about. He's got to take this word and deliver it to some people that are wicked and vile. Now, if he is the same way that they are, what good is the message? Well, how can you expect them to be receptive to that message if he's acting the way that they are? What good is a message that you're going to carry about being righteous, about repenting, 
if you're just as corrupt as the people you're carrying it to. And Ezekiel's got a high standard that he's got to hold to. Thankfully, for us today, we, we have a high standard. But because we cannot do it in our own strength, Jesus Christ has enabled us to do that. He has given us the strength. He has lit up the darkness inside us to be lights to the rest of the world. We know from Matthew 5.16. Actually, if you guys know it, just quote it with me. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It's an amazing verse. God's using us as lights. But we can hinder that light if we're disobedient. We can dull that light. And I think that's a very important challenge to us as we go through our lives. When we're in the world, we're to be in the world, but not of it. 1 John 2.15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loveth the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It's key. We need to be obedient. Because like I said, what good is it if we're just like the rest of them? Now, I'm not saying be holier than thou art, goody two-shoes. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we need to be doing the best we can with what God has enabled us. And God has given us a great resource. It's his power, the ultimate power. So we have no excuse. We have, we, we have no excuse. God has given us the grace and the strength that we need to be what we need to do, to be obedient, to stand as a clear testimony before the world and shine as lights. Now let's recap what we've talked about. We need to stand against rebellion. The world is full of it. It was full of rebellion 2,500 years ago. It's full of rebellion today. It's no different. Different means, maybe. We've advanced quite a ways. But we still have a responsibility. We need to be in God's word and we need to be speaking it. Speaking it to our loved ones, speaking it to the unsaved, to the believers. It's just as important. It's just as valuable to the believers because we need it. We need it. We also need to be encouraged because... <laughs> Like I said, the world's full of rebellion. If we want to live righteous in a rebellious world, it's going to be really hard. And we need to be encouraged in God's word. Third thing is we need to be obedient. Do what God says. It's like what Nike's slogan, just do it. Just do it. Just consider, consider where you're at in your life right now. Standing against rebellion is hard, and it's not easy. But we think about what those have gone on before us had to deal with. And really, what, what, what pain do we have to go through by simply speaking the gospel? And I, I'll just be honest with you, I'm speaking to myself, because the hardest thing that I've had to deal with, because I've let myself get so wrapped up in my own little world, I don't want to take the time to share the gospel like I should. Because, and when fear, and, and fear develops in that, because I'm afraid of what people might think, what people might do. Who cares what people might think or what people might do? We have the power of God behind us. If they punch us, we'll get a black eye. But guess what? The black eye goes away. Your soul lasts for eternity, and you're only going to spend it one place. We need to be willing to stand against it. And then, you know, actually, think about it like this. Brian and I, right before the service, we were walking through the cemetery. And, you know, we were just thinking, it's like, it's like I, I hope, I, I, I was, I'd said, I, I remember mentioning, I, I don't mind, I'm not afraid to die, I'm just afraid of how I'm going to die. And, you know, even in that, we need to be encouraged, because where we're going, nothing can compare to the pain that will, nothing can compare to what we have awaiting, be it death, the pain of death, the, the punch in the eye, the persecution, 
And we need, to be, we need to be willing to stand against that rebellion. God has called us to do that. So I just want to leave you with a quote. It's a quote that sticks in my mind all the time. And when I'm not doing what I should or if I'm recognizing that there are things that could be better in my life, I realize that it's something that I'm, I'm making the choice to do. It is my choice. And here's the quote. And I'm sure you've heard it before. Only two choices on the shelf. Choosing God or choosing self. What's the choice you'll make? Are you going to stand in rebellion against God? Or are you going to stand against it? Stand against the rebellion against God. Let's have a closing word of prayer, and then we'll continue with the rest of the service.